The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Sunday, May 14th. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Happy Mother's Day to my mother, who is a wonderful mother, and I'm looking forward to seeing her later today. And I hope that for all of you who are mothers, or you are dog mothers, or you are great, wonderful aunties, and you stand in as mothers, I am just wishing you all the best. What a great day to celebrate that. An unsung hero job being a mother, I'll tell you. So if you've got a mother in your life, you're so lucky. And if you don't have, it's just like your first time without your mother. I'm so sorry. It's so hard. My mother-in-law, this is our first Mother's Day without my mother-in-law. And I know it's like a little bit weightier for, um, for Jackie. So anyway, if you've lost somebody and that's a big thing. And, you know, these, these days, these holidays, these for this first, you know, marking of these milestones, very difficult. And um, we're sending you lots of hugs from us here at Jill on Money. Meanwhile, we've got to get back to taking care of you. And the way we do that is we encourage you to ask us questions. Go to our website, jillonmoney.com. Click the Contact Us button. Let us know if you would be willing to come on the air. That's what Margaret did. Margaret's on the line from the Midwest. Margaret, welcome to Jill on Money. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. You wrote in and um, and I will just say that when I first read your, I read your email and my heart sank. So you can tell us a little bit about your story and then we'll get to your financial uh, matters at hand. Sure. Um, my husband passed away um, six year battle with cancer. He was an amazing man. Uh, I will say that he did a lot of our long-term planning, financial planning, and I did a lot of our sort of annual or, you know, monthly or annual budgeting. So I was involved in the finances, but I was not involved in long-term planning. I regret that decision. Prior, when we saw where things were going with him, I really started to put on, uh, take a concerted effort to learn uh, about long-term planning, um, retirement planning, financial planning. Um, and so it's been almost a year and they say, don't do anything too drastic in a year when uh, you've had a loss. So now I'm ready kind of to ask some questions and maybe take 
some more. I have taken some action. I've started some uh, Roth IRA and stuff. But anyway, I'll leave that for the later conversation. But so that's where I am today trying to figure out what I should do now. Okay. And you are how old? I'm 55. Do you have children? I have an 18-year-old and a 20-year-old. We're both in college. So tell me a little bit about you. Are you working? Yeah, I do. I work. I work for the state that I live in. And uh, I have about, oh gosh, about uh, probably about 27 years in. So I feel fairly comfortable and confident in, uh, in that job. I plan to be there until I'm 60. So uh, another five years maybe seven, you know, maybe when I hit the five-year mark, I'll realize, okay, I could do two more years because it will slightly impact my, my pension. Oh, okay. Good Um, to know. Yeah. But, uh, so that's, yeah. So I do work, uh, I make about $105,000 a year. And then I also get my husband's pension. My husband was, uh, in law enforcement. And how much is that? 44,000 right now. Now he chose an accelerated, which I totally understand where he was. Uh, so when I turn 62, that will drop, I think into about 28 until I'm 62, that's 44,000. Okay. And then just so I understand this. So at your age 62, what would your potential pension be at that time? My potential pension would be about 50,000. Okay. So you'd have his 28 and your 50. And is it the nature of your pensions that you would not receive Social Security or will you receive Social Security? I will receive Social Security. And do you know about what that number is? I don't. I okay. do not know. I don't plan to take it until I'm 70. Great. Okay. And do you like what you do just in general? Oh, my gosh. I love what I do. Um, I, I love what I do. I, I help people that need far more help than I do in my life. Um, mm. And so I absolutely love it. Okay, great. That's really important to me to hear that. Because I do think when you have loss, I think that when life is uncertain, it is good to have an anchor of a of a career that you really like. You know, if you were living every single day to say, like, get me, I want to inch my way to 60, it would be a different conversation. But okay, so this is all good. So I presume that the money that you're making yourself plus your husband's um, pension um, right now, is that sufficient to cover your basic needs for the for the household? Yeah. Okay, great. Are, are you contributing in addition to the pension? Do you also contribute to a 457 plan? So I contribute 6% of my income to my pension. And then I contribute, uh, I'm maxing out. And it just started maxing out. You know, with my husband, it, we were doing it differently. But now that I'm sort of in control of it, because for obvious reasons, I am completely maxing out my 457B and I'm doing 50% Roth and 50% traditional. I Mm -hmm. just entered into the Roth uh, this year. Okay. When you are um, looking at just sort of the the general cash flow, maxing out has been okay for you? In other words, it's not a burden that you're maxing out at this point? No, it's not. In fact, I mean, just for an example, I'm able to also pay double on my mortgage. Oh. Really? Why are you doing that? I know. Wait, we'll get to that in a second. Um, Okay. So you're paying double on your mortgage. Let's just go to that right now. The house is worth how much? House is probably worth about 320,000. Okay. And the outstanding mortgage that remains? 122,000. Okay. Do you happen to know the interest rate that's on that? 3.45. 3.45. Okay, good. So you got the cash flow. I get it. We'll we'll talk about that in a second. What about is in 
the retirement plans right now. Let's go with your 457 plan, pre-tax and what's in the Roth right now. The pre-tax is about 300000 and the majority, I mean, I've only been putting, you're much better at math than me, I've been putting about $500 a month in the Roth. Right. So, so just a minimal amount. Very minimal, very minimal. Okay. Got it. So 300 in your pre-tax. And did your husband have a 457? Yes, he did. He had um, close to 300,000 as well, all traditional. Very good. Okay. What about other money that's saved for retirements? Any old IRAs kicking around or rollovers? He had retired from the state and went to a private employer and uh, had 70,000 in a uh, 401k. Mm -hmm. So I have all three of those under one roof. Okay. Now, what about emergency money? Like what's on hand? I have 12 month emergency fund and I have other little savings. You know, I have a vacation savings and I have a, a, just a regular savings for emergencies. So I'm very well covered for emergencies. Okay. Non-retirement investments. So beyond the emergency reserve, is there any money that's outside of retirement right now? You know, it was interesting. I've been thinking about this non, even I've been listening to you talk about non-retirement investments and I have a sum of cash sitting in a savings account. Mm. You know, maybe it's just, that's time for another conversation, but that, that's what I have. I have cash on hand being in savings account. And how much is in there? About 500000 Okay. That's a big number, girl. Yeah, I know. Okay. Is that because you're wimpy and you like having that there for you? A couple of reasons. I didn't want to make any quick moves in the last year. Mm-hmm. Second, uh, I, I may sell this house. I'm not sure how much of my memories are tied to this house. Mm. Um, and again, you know, there's a, so there's a lot emotionally to figure out there, but I know it's an option for me to relocate, to, you know, to move maybe to a condo. So that's why I also kept it there. Well, you mean that if you were to sell your $320,000 house, you would want to spend more to get into a condo? I hate to say, but I probably would spend more. Why do you hate to say it? <laughs> it's okay. Um, first, I, the reason why I'm, I'm sort of laughing because I, I'm looking at your whole game plan and I already know you're in great shape financially. So I think that that's thank goodness because I know that certainly when you go through a really awful event, like a death mm-hmm. of a spouse who goes way before his or her time, that uh, the one nice thing is that if you don't have to really worry about your financial life, like that's not the issue, that you can just get onto your morning and move through this. It's really very helpful. Or as my mother said after my father died, I don't have to worry about that. That's what you and your sister are here for. So (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, Okay. So, you know, it seems to me that you're in very good shape. Tell me, at this point with the house, not doubling down on the mortgage payment, but like with your regular payments, how much money do you think you need to live on every single month? Including a house payment or? Yeah, no? let's say including just okay. for the heck of it. Yeah, uh, I, I'd say 4000 4000 Yeah. Okay. Why don't I just make that five? Just because mm-hmm. that's the kind of gal I am. Okay. So presuming that you were spending five grand a month throughout your retirement, it's interesting to note that you'll have, you know, I'm, I'm going to push ahead pretending you're 62, that you'll have $78,000 coming in taxable, yeah. of course, but that essentially, 
you know, not 100%, pretty much would cover your five grand a month, right? And that's only for the eight years until you collect social security, at which point you're golden, right? Mm -hmm. And then in addition to that, then you have this money in the 457 plans, the old 401k. And so the, when I hear this story and I look at these numbers, I say, you're in very good shape financially, very good shape financially. I think that, you know, tax rates as they are right now, I would probably, and because you have so much of your money is already in pre-tax, meaning, um, you know, for the 457 plans and the fact that your husband's was all traditional, I probably would just go to 100% Roth for your own ongoing 457 plan. Like what the heck, you know, you're going to have income in retirement. There's no way getting around it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And even if we were to look ahead and pretend that tax rates weren't going to move, you're going to be in the 24% tax bracket. Maybe it's going to be 28%. You're going to have taxable income and it will be better for you to try to minimize the amount of money that's pre-tax. And even I could see trying to convert some of your money into Roth money if possible, because you're going to be forced with those minimum, those required minimum distributions. It's going to screw some things up. Now, none of this, this is like cherries on the top of your beautiful ice cream sundae that you and your husband built for yourselves. So even though you weren't involved per se in the long-term planning, um, you were part of it and your income allowed this to occur as well. You guys put yourselves in good shape and you are the beneficiary of that now. And that's all the good news really is fantastic. There's not like, I don't look at this and say, oh my God, there's some, there's nothing that jumps out here. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that we should have a little bit of a conversation about the house. Yeah. Here's how I look at this. You know, if you think in your heart of hearts, you're probably going to move and do the condo thing. How much do you think you'd have to spend on a condo that you'd want to live in that your kids could be part of? You know, like what would it cost you to make that move? Probably pay between 400 and 450. Okay. So 450. Notice how I always round up. Yeah. Yeah. So you have 200 in equity right now. And we would take 250 out of your non-qualified account. You could pay cash for it. You could. Okay. However, I will just point out to you that if for any reason you think this is a real likelihood or possibility, don't pay down that mortgage right now because paying down that mortgage just saps your liquidity. It's not really doing anything for you. The other aspect of this is if you think you're going to stay, you really just love this thing and you're going to stay in this house and it's great and that's terrific for you. Then fine, you'll pay. You can pay off the mortgage. It's fine. It's it's not going to hurt you. You have plenty of liquidity. I think it's just a question of like of these non qualified money of this five hundred thousand dollars. How much of that should we be earmarking for a potential purchase? And what else could you be doing with the other half of it? Right. So if if I say you've got five hundred, but two fifty, you really need to keep liquid just to preserve the options. Right. Yeah. What do you want to do with that other two fifty? How comfortable are you? with investing that? That's a big question I have for you. If I say, maybe we should start a a plain old investment account. How do you feel about that? Nervous. If I were going to do that, you know, I have not gotten a financial planner in the last year because I wanted to kind of force myself to learn and figure this out because I don't Mm want to sit in front of a financial planner if I don't know what I need to know, you know? Yeah, sure. 
So I, I guess I, I, it makes me nervous. I think at that point I would get a financial planner. I don't know if I'd navigate that on my own. What I have done is I've been a little, I've been more aggressive in my, my retirement investments because mm-hmm. I do have that cash. Okay. I mean, look, I think that if, we, so in other words, if I were to roll everything together, which looks like, uh, let's call it 700 grand in retirement stuff. 500,000 in the cash, we would probably see a pretty diversified allocation. It would look fine. I don't have a problem with it. I want you to feel like, especially after going through this and because you've done such a good job, that you have options. And and look, you're not going to spend the whole thing. So even if you said to me, it makes me emotionally feel better to double down on the mortgage payments, I'm okay with that too. I really am. But I want you to understand that there is you know, the 250 grand that we're talking about that's in that cash account, I think you will become less nervous with that over time. But I also have a sense that as I look forward in your situation, how old did you say your kids were? 18 and 20? You know, things happen in the future and they're in college now. Do you think they'll stick around the area? I do. One definitely. One will stay in this house if I keep it. <laughs> is that right? I don't know. if that, Is that a reason to sell? <laughs> yes. <laughs> their education's paid for or they're paying for it? Like, where are we with that? Yeah. Yeah. I have a uh, 529 for them that okay. will cover their undergrad. And grad school, they're on their own. Um, okay. I'm going to give you the, my big picture. I think that um, you're in great shape. You could retire at age 60, although I doubt no. you're going to, because I'm just going to give you the Jill this. And by the way, I've gotten hammered from some of our listeners because of this advice, because they call me puritanical. <laughs> And I'm part of the workaholic U.S. culture. And I'm raising my hand for you and saying guilty on both. Now, I'm not puritanical. I I will say this. When I was a financial advisor 100 years ago, and I did it for 14 years, what I noticed was the people who worked longer, it's assuming they're in a good job that they like, right, Mm -hmm. that they were happier the longer they stayed there. Mm -hmm. And in fact, maybe you too, because of your situation, the thing that's really kind of fascinating to me is that you like what you do. And Mm -hmm. if you like what you do, and 60 is really young, I have a feeling that as you get closer to say, I could retire, but I don't want to, I think that that's going to just beef up your overall financial situation. I just believe in my core that people want to feel useful. And if you feel useful and grateful for what you have, I wouldn't throw that away so quickly. Mm -hmm. I really wouldn't. Maybe you don't want to work as hard, you know, if you could even, if you could transition or if you could do it for a while, I think you're going to be happier doing that. That's just my two cents has nothing really to do with your finances, except to say, as always, the longer you work, the better the money looks. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, I think you're in darn good shape. I also presume that because you are uh, have just gone through an illness and a death that your own estate documents are up to date. Is that correct? For the most part, my husband and I do not have a living revocable trust. And I am going to do that. Why are you going to do that? Because you don't want the 18-year-old to go r- running across the world? <laughs> Perhaps. That's the <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to do that. But otherwise, yeah, my, my legal papers are, are in order. Margaret? You're a delight. I really do wish you well. And again, my condolences. It's um, it's just awful. But I, I have to say, you sound very encouraging. You sound like a, somebody who has processed a lot. And um, I thanks thank you for sharing your story with us and with our audience as well. And thank you. I, you know, I, I've done a lot. I've really committed myself to educating 
uh, myself on finances and your podcast and your other, the other things available through your um, website have been immensely helpful. So thank you. If you would like to find more content that we create, just go to our website, jillonmoney.com. We've got another podcast. We've got a radio show. We've got the blog. We've got videos. We've got resources. You can buy my book. You can buy my first book. You can buy the current one, Great Money Reset, but you can also buy the first one. Maybe you need the collection. Okay, collection's a little bit of an overstatement. It's two books. You can also subscribe to our new service, Jill on Money Live. It will give you access for 35 bucks, access to quarterly live webinars for a year, more special content, and uh, you'll find it all there. Okie doke. Do something nice for someone else today. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thanks for listening. Happy Mother's Day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.